Smart List podcast. Oops, I mean deconversion therapy um, over there in Tennessee is Karen and here. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> what? And uh, down here in clammy, hot ass Florida, it's Bonnie. Um, Bonnie has been having an affair with Ron DeSantis for two years I can't understand why more people aren't picking up on the fact that he hates it when you pronounce his name DeSantis because it makes it Rhonda Mm -hmm. Santis. (laughs) Like, why are more people calling him Rhonda? I don't know, but you heard it here first. I see his little high heels. I know. (laughs) It kind of makes He's him. Trying. It kind of makes him stand like at an angle. Trump. Yeah. Yeah. It's very. It's very weird. By the way, um, if we can have just a tiny bit of conversation up front about other things that we're no. watching and yeah. consuming, have you watched the show on Apple TV called Shrinking with Harrison Ford no. and Jason? I do. Okay. I got to get past the actors, but I hear it's really good. Past the actors? Yeah, I don't love them. I know. You don't love... It's, it's what it is. Okay. Jason and Harrison. No, but you know what? Don't get past the actors because we don't want you. We don't want you in our club. Oh, there we go. <laughs> We're done. That's right. But I haven't watched it, but I did hear it's good. Oh, my gosh. The first episode wasn't as great, which is often the case. Um, but once they get into the story and the dynamics between the neighbors, it's really it's really sweet. I like it a lot. And I like the dialogue. I, and I like Brad I Goldstein. I probably will. A lot. Um, I probably will watch it. Uh, I watch everything. So I was going to recommend, um, of course, I'm really into Natalia Grace, which is the true story of a little person who was adopted from the Ukraine, and the parents said that she was an adult hiding, pretending she was a child. It ended up being a court case. It's fascinating. Who's right? Who's wrong? Again, duality. Maybe everyone's wrong and right. Yes. That one (laughs) was good. Wow. And, of course... The, the Smartless documentary where they take the show on the road is yeah. just the best thing to see how fucked up Jason Bateman's view of food oh my God. is and how he judgmental he is. Like, yeah, yeah. It is a, I really hope it's poor kids. Like, that isn't good to, like, put on your girls. Oh, my God. No, but, but I'm also to put on Will and Sean, I think is hilarious. Exactly. Because <laughs> it is fun. It just creates this great dynamic. And you know what? I also see how making that who you are as a person could also then give you motivation to stay on a diet. You know, like if I say I'm better than you because I'm not ordering two orders of <laughs> dessert and short ribs, (laughs) et cetera. And I make fun of that. If that helps me define myself, then maybe the ultimate good is fine and justified. I don't know. Especially if you're around other people who you can joke with. I'm the opposite thinking, but think one, it's an eating disorder. But someone pointed out, you know, he was addicted to drugs and a lot of people who have addictions change to what they're addicted about later. Yeah. And so it could definitely be this. And then, um, yeah, I thought it was really funny. And the only things I don't like is all these people who liked it. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but uh, our theme song is Arrested. No, Arresting Developments. <laughs> we've been Jason Bateman fans for longer than you've been alive. And uh, I'm very territorial. Yeah. It's I don't an think homage. other people should just <laughs> hop on the bandwagon of, oh, I discovered Jason Bateman. No, go away. Um, but it is, it's a funny watch. It is so good. It's just so much fun to be in hotels with them. <laughs> now, I'm going to bring up something about it that I felt was interesting. There is a part where, um, what's his name? Sean Hayes opens up about his early life. Yeah. 
And I think all of them do. Yeah. It was very touching. And then later I was like, this is men. I guess this is men in American society. They have been friends for fucking decades. They vacation together. They see each other two or three times a week. And this information is just coming out now about their lives. It well, makes me wonder, like... It's TV. It, well, it's true. It is TV. It's TV. And back to me being embedded in Hollywood <laughs> like I am. I agree. That could have all just been scripted. But I just was like, please tell me you all knew these deep things. Fuck. Yeah, they knew. But it was, it's a good watch. And so's Baby J by uh, Mulvaney. Don't call him name? that. John Mulaney? <laughs> him. <laughs> <laughs> I say that because there's this lady on TikTok who is on my algorithm and maybe she's on yours too. Um uh her first name I can't remember but her last name is McPherson, Molly. Molly McPherson, she's a PR strategist and she deals in crisis oh, yeah, management. Yeah. Which Yes, I do see her. Oh my god, it's just so fascinating because it makes you think that everything is crafted and on that note let's talk about fucking carl and his dentist glasses (laughs) i thought you were gonna say on that note we have merch for sale (laughs) we okay so i haven't said this recently but i need to um Someone asked us to open a Venmo that is very nice of you. And so today, let's thank Emily for sponsoring this. Oh, my God. Thank that's you, so Emily cool. Oh, I know. There's And it's just like a love offering. If you like what we do, you want to support the podcast. You can't say the word there offering you you in this context. <laughs> We're going to send you an offering plate at at a thrift store. (laughs) Really? And it's got the red velvet. Yes. Wow. It's so cute. Wear it as a hat. Um, But yeah, if you want to do that, we just appreciate it. Any way to support us, uh, the biggest way is reviewing and sharing. Doodly do. Bop, bop. Now let's talk about Hillsong and how I am acting exactly like them. Can we but talk more what, about Bonnie? how? Wait, can we talk more about going to thrift shops and finding things from other jobs or industries or organizations that should not be I do acquirable? Like, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think, like the shot Bones. glasses that used to hold the wine for communion. I mean, what do you I do? Love it. What do you do when you get new communion? Uh, Wine glass holders. I guess you have to donate them somewhere. That's so interesting. I guess so. So, you know, if you Venmo us, if you want to support us, you can. And then we can have an HBO special of you and I going to stay in hotels (laughs) like the smartless people. There you go. And our guests will be like... Here's an old friend, Sue. Are you still a Christian, Sue? It's <laughs> riveting. It's going to be great. Everyone's going to love it. Ah, but you can find everything at our website, Deconversion Therapy Podcast. But I'm putting everything in the description of this episode, and it'll take you here, there, and everywhere. So you're back for the real offering plate, which is Hillsong Church, part two. This is from the Hulu documentary done by um, Vanity Fair called The Secrets of Hillsong. It's four episodes. If you're watching it, enjoy. If you are, uh, what I have done is I have been a missionary for it because in the first part of this, I was telling Bonnie about it and suddenly now she wants to watch it. So I'm like an evangelist for the evangelist who fell. You're proselytizing. <laughs> I um, am. I'm propagandizing. Okay. So the part that makes me want to watch it is realizing that this guy, Carl, had to have huge balls, in my humble opinion, to mm-hmm. 
appear in front of the camera and talk about what has happened over the past few years. Doesn't it make you so that's doesn't it remind you, though, of when you see something and like a dateline and they're trying to decide whether or not the person on trial should testify against themselves? Like, is it going to help or is it going to hurt? But there's nobody questioning him where he can't in this case, if he's getting a question, he can pivot and the judge Correct. isn't going to say, you know, overruled or, you know, objection. There are no objections and overruling. Mm-hmm. He can kind of maintain whatever story he wants to put out there. Very and that's interesting. exactly what has happened with a bit of backlash. People were like, yeah, that's great. But why didn't you ask the hard questions as a documentarian? Because... They get to tell their own story, and I include Laura, his wife, in this. They get to tell their own story, and anytime anyone does that again, you emotionally connect in one way to that person. They're looking in in the eye, and they're acting very sincere. And that's their job. So they do their job well. Yeah. That's been his job, and that's the whole thing. Like... Everyone always says about anyone, if you were lying, then how come we know you're not lying now? And his whole job was to connect to people, to be sincere, to cry, and he's still doing it now. I think a lot of people think he's not sincere at all. I think he is. I think he's part sincere and part feeling he's sincere. Like, there are people who have done shit like this so long they can't get down to the crust and they're thinking they're being sincere and i'm sure there's a dash of let me make sure i come across sincere so he's got all that mixed in together i don't believe um like some people that he's totally pulling one over on everyone i think people of power can be and usually are delusional you also know it doesn't that mean that there's no way also that he didn't have some kind of media training before this was put together. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, they're a corporation. They hired lawyers. They hired spin doctors. They hired media consultants. He's been in meetings knowing this. So I guess that'll, you know, I'll tell you what he's doing now. But I will ask you, you knew that he was down in Sarasota. Yeah. Because you would go visit him and have affairs (laughs) with him, too. And then um, you got punched. But (laughs) guess what he was doing? He was actually working. Guess his job. Think of of where he came from, what he was doing. You mean when he was here in Sarasota, in Florida? He had a 9 to 5. What his job was. He had a 9 to 5. Well, was it some kind of marketing? Was it some kind of... Um, he was in advertising. There you go. <laughs> marketing. And he said, I mean, that's what I've been doing my whole life. Yeah. I've been marketing Jesus. And I'm like, have you been marketing Jesus or have you been marketing yourself? But okay, okay. And it shows him going into a very bland building and just sitting there at a table with other people. It was very weird to just see that image. Yeah, and that's what he's doing now, though. Somebody hired him to go market their church in, what was it, Oklahoma? Oh, that's what I was going to get into. Now, he said he's no longer in ministry, but he is a consultant for a church that, one, is very, uh, a lot of black congregants are there. So I'm always like, why are you hiring this white guy? And he's consulting. Uh, We'll get into it, but you're just like, why can't we just say no? Sorry, you fucked up with churches. Go attend one. Go no, be a volunteer. <laughs> scrub toilets. He still has he, skills. Get he still has his something worthwhile are. to trade for money. And the whole story of the Bible is redemption. The whole story yeah. of the church and the people who fall is redemption. And we America. would like to say. Yeah, They always say that Americans love tearing people down and then giving them a second chance. 
Right. Absolutely. And I mean, we do that to innocent people, like the people we blacklist in Hollywood or whatever. And then when they come back, it's like, oh, we're cheering for them. Mm-hmm. This kind of thing, though, it's just annoying. So let's go to, we sort of finished the, in the last one that Carl said he was abused as a child, and I feel partially bad for saying I don't know if I believe it. Um, right. And if I do, because he blacked it out, maybe he just hasn't remembered it in a way that comes across credible. Um, <laughs> but he's blaming that incident for everything he's done. But what's interesting about this four-part is once Carl left, you know, Brian Houston of Sydney Hillsong said he's had moral failings, this and that. Six weeks after, Brian Houston went on the air and said on a talk show, yeah, he was narcissistic and Carl did abuse of power and this and that. And poor, uh, okay, I know Carl's not poor, but Carl's (laughs) like, I'm at my lowest, and I was really surprised that this father figure to me and my wife, my wife grew up with him as a father figure, is attacking me like this, you know, to make himself look better. No, he's a grown-up, and he's surprised by that. This guy has his whole church to worry about, and what is he going to do, defend somebody who's you know, brought them only bad publicity and fucked his own life up yeah. and then isn't part of the church anymore. It There's nothing to, there's no value in defending him or nothing for Brian right. to gain. Ugh. And so that's what makes this whole thing so interesting that Carl comes on to do his new testimony 5.0 or whatever, because Now, he starts going after Carl. He slightly blames Carl for, he said that he had so much stress and he kept telling, oh, Brian, sorry. Carl kept telling Brian, it's too much stress. We're growing too fast. And there was even times he said that he and his wife wanted to quit. Now, there's rumors they might want to leave Hillsong and start their own church. Mm -hmm. And that would make all the congregants leave and the money leave. And there ended up being like this internal competition because the student has outshone the master. Right. You know, Carl is much more popular than Brian is. And people have even said that Brian Houston didn't have the gift of preaching and Carl definitely did. Right, right. So in this thing, Carl's suddenly like... Hey, I had too much stress. I told Brian that, and I can't believe as a Christian he started going after me and blah, blah, blah. And so you start going, oh, is this tit for tat? But we get to watch it, which readers Karen enjoys. I'm sorry. (laughs) All right, so here comes something that for Americans you're not going to understand. A politician called a town meeting in Australia about abuse, especially sexual abuse, in institutions. So that can be anything, includes church. It was a packed house. The guy Mm -hmm. thought there'd be 20 people. People, There were a lot of older people, like in their 80s, and you Mm -hmm. just see so many of them crying because they were abused. One man gets up and says, and this is across the board from whether it was at their kids' Boy Scouts or whether it was them at school or whatever. Any kind of organization. Correct. Okay. So institutional, they didn't report it. What's going on? Do we have a problem in Australia? This will not happen in America. Do not expect it. So even this man stands up and says, you know, my son committed suicide because what happened to him? At a young age. And you're like, ooh, this is getting heavy shit. And then a cop stands up and says, I think we need a royal commission on this, which is, you know, an investigative 
um, governmental thing in Australia. And two years later, the Prime Minister of Australia announces that there will be a royal commission into any kind of institutional sexual abuse in Australia. Wow. Like, other countries do this? Interesting. (laughs) They think human lives are valuable in other places. Yeah. Exactly. The Prime Minister at that time was a woman. So, anywho. Mm. (laughs) So... Things started coming up, and we go back to New Zealand, uh, where they say the number six likes sex. And in the 50s, (laughs) when Brian Houston's father started preaching, it started coming out that he was doing things to kids and boys, and he was always surrounded by boys. So when I said in episode part one of this that... His father got a vision, and God called him to Australia. Yeah. Later, people realize things were coming out, and he was running to avoid anything of all the the scuttlebutt. So, so, so he got called somewhere, but it was actually him leaving somewhere where he had probably uh, set a fire yeah. behind him. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Which God always does that. God is the loving God. Um, So he goes ahead and he goes to Australia. He opens up Hills Church, Hills Mm -hmm. Christian Church, something like that. (laughs) And then he sort of hands it over to his son, who's a goofball. uh, And his people said they compared him to Ned Flanders from The Simpsons. Wait, and this, it's who's, this is Brian's father? This is, no, Frank, the father, who Frank had been father. doing the abuse, right. ended up handing the church over to his son, Brian, right. who you call Egg. <laughs> and so Brian people were was likening goofy. Brian? Uh, they were saying Brian was goofy. Brian, okay. goofy. <laughs> Ned Flanders, goofy voice, um... Lots of people saw that. And what happened at the time is, you know, Frank had been the minister. Yeah. But then when he hands it over to his son, his son starts, you know, going over to America. And he sees what's happening to American churches in the 80s. And there was so much everything in the 80s, y'all. I'm sorry if you didn't get to live it because it was wild. And he saw the prosperity gospel and how money was getting talked about by televangelists. So he went back to, Brian went back to his father's former church, Hills Christian Church, and started bringing money into it, even wrote a book cleverly titled Money. Um, and, you know, it, everything started to change, and then Ned Flanders suddenly... Fake tanning, um, lifting weights. He even does, they show a clip of him preaching where he stops to do push-ups, which I hate that masculine fuckery. (laughs) Um, Bleached teeth. He got new teeth. Okay. So he started changing into this person who fooled Bonnie into sincerity. She's going to move there and then be sucked into his cult. (laughs) <laughs> it's the way he speaks. He just doesn't seem to be, I don't know. I don't know. I, to There's me, just some, it was it's always not the opposite, his appearance. But I lived in Australia. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he came back. Which, which, which. He, let me just, let me just, what? let me throw this in. Which is also why I noticed the theme of when there are men trying to shake down women by being mm-hmm. um, uh, the Dirty John types, they will feign a British accent because it does yeah. something to us to make us think, ooh, um, he must. They're smart or something. There's, there's something, or at least it detracts from us being able to tell that they're shifty and full of shit. And there's a podcast, was it Little Bobby? Something Bobby about someone who did that 
really need to find it. It's crazy. I will. I'm going to write that down. So we have, um, first, people started noticing that Brian Houston almost seemed like he was competing with his father. Like, I'm going to do this preaching stuff. I'm going to do it better than my dad. Yeah. Which we see come up later in sort of the competition with his own protege, Carl Lentz. Like, he wants to be the top dog always. Right. And I'm sure it was a blow when he heard so many people start saying, oh, I didn't even know there was a hill song in Australia. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> he's the one that started it. But in about 1989 or something, Brian started hearing all these rumblings that his dad had touched, fondled, raped young boys. And he confronted his dad, and his dad admitted that it happened. It was fondling, and it happened once 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, it's so interesting when you you imagine you're going to confront your father, and then I guess you're, you've got to be shocked when the answer is, yep, it happened. And then you've got to go, oh, fuck, now we've got to figure out what to do about it. Yeah. And then back to the theme of today, and then there's the duality. mm -hmm. Well, that was bad, and that happened, but we have this, this great organization. And should we let the whole thing go to shit? That's it. That's it. And ego, and this will shut me down, and all these things. So there were even ministers of that denomination, like 20, who had a meeting, and this plays an important part that Brian admits at that time. Yeah, my dad confessed that he did do that, and he did it one time. And guess what it was? It was a moral failing. Mm -hmm. It was not a crime, Bonnie. No one reported it. It's just a moral failing. But it ended up that that young boy grew into a man and (laughs) either wrote or confronted this Frank Houston was like, I know what you did to me. Frank Houston said, I asked for for your forgiveness. And if you forgive me, I'll give you (laughs) $10,000. Awful. Uh, I mean, for sure you have to take the money, though. Yeah. So first of all, Brian Houston, the son, says... My dad didn't do anything. Next, he's like, yes, it happened once. And I was crushed, and and I believe all that. Then we find out that it was Brian who paid the $10,000 to the guy to keep him quiet. Because the guy called Hillsong Church and said, your father said he was going to give me $10,000. He didn't. And... Then Brian Houston said, uh, you're getting it. I'm sending it to you. Yeah. So he paid off. So he's known about this this whole time. And now it's starting to come out. And not only is it starting to come out, but there's about 10 other young men who come forward and say, yes, Frank Houston did the same to me. And then you now, have to wonder how many of them were genuine or wanted their $10,000. I mean, probably I don't, all of them. But I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, these people, they interviewed some of them. I mean, they were damaged for life. You know, oh, they, they just, interviewed them. Oh, a few of them. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So the main guy, and it was a royal commission. So they Mm, can make people tell the truth. They're taking oaths. They're doing all this. And it ended up that, of course, they had to have Brian Houston be on the Royal Commission. What did you know? When did you know it? Why didn't you tell anyone? Why Mm -hmm. did you cover it up? Why did you pay money? All this stuff that we start seeing Brian Houston get caught up in. Then it goes to Brian Houston at his Hillsong Church on stage, and there's the drummer and the lights and the mm-hmm. makeup and his right. white teeth. And he's like, <laughs> and his if you teeth. don't know what's going on with the Royal Commission, we knew this, that the government would come after Christians, that the devil will not be thwarted or will be the, thwarted in this. But the government's coming after criminals, not Christians. 
Oh, Bonnie, Bonnie, you don't see the <laughs> big picture. It's spiritual warfare. Yeah. It's, they are trying to destroy the church. In fact, Brian said, when I found out this information, quote, it was like the two planes crashing into the twin towers of my heart. Oh, that's a poor analogy. That's a, that's a poor analogy. We don't like right. to hear that as Americans. Oh. It is not good. <laughs> no. Um, so Brian and his wife are just like, oh, my gosh, there's attack from the devil. We did everything we knew to do. Bullshit, 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 right? I wonder if anybody ever just said the truth, if, how that would go over. Like, well, we think that the church is ultimately doing more good than harm, and we didn't want this guy to taint things. Uh, what if you said that? They just felt they'd lose members and they'd lose money. So there was this one woman who I really liked, and she said, you know, she was a volunteer. She was there at Hillsong when it began. She was a big supporter, all this stuff. And when this came out, and there were so many credible things that Frank had abused people, and, and some of them were going on TV going, yeah, I've hidden this for years. And then Brian gets up in front of the church and commends his father at being such a great person and how they're being attacked. And the woman's like, that was it. I never went back to the church. People stood up and applauded. He ne- She's like, I didn't go back to the church. And I'll tell you, if there is a heaven, I don't feel bad. I'm going much more than the guy who lied and protected sexual abuse is going. And I'm yeah. like... Now you're getting it. Now you're getting it. All right. So pretty much, let me tell you the ending, and then let me tell you the sort of backlash to all of it. (laughs) So Brian Houston is expected to return to court for oral. For oral? Brian Houston's expected, (laughs) yep, to return to court for closing oral arguments in June of this year. Oh, and so if this he's convicted, month. correct. Wow. If he's okay. convicted, the court could sentence him to two years or more. I don't think he will be because, unfortunately, youngins, there was a time, and this is what Brian is saying. He said he felt it was the victim's responsibility to report it as a crime, not him. There was a time yeah. when, like, people didn't feel, they definitely weren't forced to report like we have forced reporters now. So he could win on that, like, weird technicality of what it was like then. But he's still yeah. been preaching and collecting money um, Well, it kind of reminds then. me of the case where the woman who just sued Trump and won against mm-hmm. him uh, I guess for defamation back in back when it happened all of her girlfriends I think if I have the story right were telling her mm-hmm. after she told them what happened when he had sex with her in this fitting room they were like you can't say anything or they understood at least when she decided not to say anything because it and it he would assaulted hurt. her let me say it wasn't sex but yeah yeah, and it, she she chose not to, I guess, file any charges because she knew how damaging it could be to her in her profession. Yep. It absolutely so, true. Yeah, a lot of us. Yeah, that was it. Um, society wise and everything and there wasn't support like there is now and there was definitely not we believe victims at all and I mean it's bad enough now but it definitely was quote back then and even with what's going on with this case um, men saying anything there can even be sometimes more sort of doubt yeah why didn't you fight him off you know and this guy's like I was seven um, so most of this ends, 
with Carl said, my story is now one of recovery. Hate it. Why do you well, get a yeah. story? Why do you get a story? And because people why get do you stories. get a job? <laughs> like, that's it. He's like, my story is this, my story is that. It's all a marketed testimony. Mm-hmm. But what happened with Brian, he and his wife, no, he was stepped down from Hillsong. And then they sort of forced his wife, Bobby, to also step down. Mm-hmm. Carl Lentz, when he, quote, voluntarily stepped down, his wife later had to step down. And well, they were all his wife on was the like, payroll. I did nothing. Right. So Laura Lentz was always like, how unfair. This was my family. I did nothing. Why am I being fired? So now she's saying, so when Bobby got fired, I'm like, oh, Really? Now you're upset? You did that to me, and now they're doing it to you. So you can see that there's obviously a lot of tension between both of them. And I'm wondering if the Lenses did this to, one, rewrite the narrative of their story, mostly Carl, um, and to sort of give jabs because they're sort of happy at what's happening to Brian Houston. Carl is like... I guess the truth comes out. We're just going to see what happens. And he's sort of almost got a gloating look on his face. Yeah. Because despite all that Carl did wrong, he still acts like he was wronged. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, you little pisshead. Um, And Laura, I'll get into it, but uh, I have lots of... I do feel for her, and she is a strong woman, and she is like, I am with him because I love him, and I see that what he's doing now is changing. If I feel that he isn't, I will leave. Like, she comes across very, I'm not messing with this anymore. Yeah. Um, She's in an MLM selling supplements. So that's interesting. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, the, yeah. Yeah. That's that's funny because um, I see so many different bumper stickers and stuff that are like, God is my Ritalin or, you know, uh, Jesus <laughs> is my <laughs> uh, Cosequin. I don't know don't. what. <laughs> <laughs> no, supplements in the Christian world are really big with essential oils, you know, God gave us plants. Now eat these. That's right. I'm not going to tell you that medicine God gave us pills came seeds around too. because a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people react badly to plants. But anyway, um, she's doing that. And sort of the bottom line of all of it, someone, again, some of the journalists that worked on this, first of all, they're coming out getting their hands on more of the financial things because while these volunteers were strained financially mm-hmm. and collecting debt because they felt they were part of something bigger, they would watch Justin Bieber and Carl go to a fancy restaurant and then be, you know, have Gucci and be flooded by paparazzi. And they're like, it was very hard to see what they were doing because they had corporate credit cards for all of it. Um, And then, yeah, that one journalist said large churches are based on the necessity of abuse of power. And no matter what we think of Hillsong, unfortunately, they created a template that tons of churches and young, cool ministers are trying to emulate because the model is scalable and profitable. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh. It doesn't not work. Exactly. Exactly. So part of it that I really liked is the people, the ex-congregants, most of them that were on stage at one point or volunteers or the inner circle-ish. At the end, they said, what's your faith and all that? A lot of them were like, nope. I 
I left church and, you know, I left my faith or my faith is bigger than God or whatever it is. And I thought, there, I would love that to be done with this. Southern Baptist Church you and I grew up in, how many people walked away from God and Christianity because of Carl Lentz? Like, he needs yeah. to know that. He needs to know he destroyed their lives. He keeps saying, you know, the most important people in my life is my wife and my two kids. And it's like, you left such destruction in your wake. People, yeah. you know, left. And so a lot of people were sort of displeased with all of this because it seemed definitely that um, the documentary gave an opportunity for Carl to do his rebranding tour. Yeah. You know, this is who I am now. I am suffering. You must feel for me. I apologize. And every time he apologized, it was followed by a but. Because the people of color <laughs> at his church said they weren't represented enough. They would see most of him in the audience, none on stage. And Carlin says, I absolutely uh, don't agree with that. We did more for racial disparity than anyone, you know, and it's like, no, shh, 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 no, yeah. quiet. No, yeah. people of color said it, you be quiet. Um, and it hit me later, I did do a TikTok video about when you see someone trying to be cool, dressing urban in urban wear, which is from the black community, and talking with a bit of a black scent or cadence, I can see why he thinks he did things for racial inclusion because he feels he's almost part of the racial inclusion. Yeah. He sees himself as every man that spreads through racial divides. I also tend to think of the more notorious cases of people who have co-opted accents, like when Madonna went to live in London and then... Mm -hmm. <laughs> somehow magically procured a British accent. Now, did that make you trust her more? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because um, our youth group taught me that she was slutty and not to be trusted. <laughs> <laughs> and she used the name Madonna. Y'all, when Madonna came out, we cannot even tell you just how evil she was, but borderline <laughs> slapped. Okay. So after this whole Hulu series was revealed, one of the participants that was a former Hillsong member wrote an open letter to the directors of the documentary. Okay. And I want to read you part of it to end it. It starts with the sentence, Well, that was something... I would be scared to read it after that. Um, <laughs> she did not like it. Uh, but she said, you know, you really didn't do what you guys sold us you were going to do, first of all. You said that this is going to be centered around religious abuse. Well, religious abuse happens to congregants, obviously, but she says, quote, at this point, I think I might understand what happened to you more than you understand what happened to me or any former Hillsong NYC congregant that you spoke to. We've already lived through the part of the story where we were swayed by the charms of the Lentz's. Mm -hmm. Nope. Correction. The charms of Carl Lentz. Because on her own steam, Laura has never swayed anybody in the history of being swayed. <laughs> I mean, double smack. But you haven't gotten to the part where you'll have to grapple with the reality of the damage you help them do with the best of intent. So that's something to look forward to. So they're pretty much saying you're the one that just gave Carl a platform, a microphone, a time to cry to, quote, yeah. redeem himself, to seem like an injured bird. We've been through that. Yeah. We realize we were fooled. And you're trying to tell the story of being fooled while you're being fooled. Um, and I love what she says. She said, 
you know, as far as evangelicalism goes, quote, it turns out that evangelicalism isn't a thing, not really. It's just part of a costume worn by a religious amalgamation of capitalism, anti-blackness, homophobia, and misogyny. There we go. That's, that's it. I agree. Yeah, and you, you, have, you have to wonder, too, if the people making the documentary were like, well, these other people that we're interviewing sure won't sell a TV show. I don't yeah. know. And unfortunately, that's exactly what I was thinking, that, again, the directors, there could have been things that were edited out to be more palatable. There could have been things where they did ask some things that weren't going to go well, but... They could have intended on mm-hmm. focusing on the specific people who were abused by the people in the church until they decided, or oh no, until Carl decided he would be on camera. You know? Very true. That coming. Very and, true. And the opposite happened. Did you watch the documentary Bama Rush? about the sorority no, rush I heard it was bad. Alabama. Well, it was bad because they started going along and following a couple of people who were going to rush, and then everything was kind of shut down at the end. And so, like, wait a minute. I was like, wait a minute. This is almost over? And then the people who were participating had to stop because they didn't, they weren't, you know, they were told, well, you're, your potential to pledge a sorority might be in jeopardy if you keep cooperating with them. And so all, you know, so, you're going along and going along and then all of a sudden, boom, the people who we have to interview are no longer there. And um we're not I felt, gonna tell you what happens. Yeah, I felt yeah, bad for that's the what maker. I heard. So it's the opposite of Carl, or it could be the opposite of, of what happened with Carl. They could have been talking to John Q. Public until Mr. Fancy Pants decided, Oh, I would like to say something. And then he know. gets the spotlight because he's the big get, yeah. obviously. Yeah. And it's weird because, you know, the documentarians, they're, they're listening to what all these people are saying, but they're not really totally bringing all that to him. He knows exactly how to spin a crowd, and his can- crowd was the interviewer and the cameraman, you know, or yeah. camerawoman. Um, so she said, this person said this, uh... I think slash feel about Carl and Laura's marriage the same way Carl did (laughs) up until at least 2020. It does not concern me, and I don't care. That's funny. I mean, this woman, um, she said, did he violate a standard of Christian morality? Yep. Were we surprised? Well, define surprised. Um, you have the footage, so only you can confirm or deny for sure, but I'm pretty sure you asked that question, and I'm pretty sure my answer was that when the news broke, I was surprised in the sense that I didn't wake up expecting Carl Lentz's downfall to happen that day. But I wasn't surprised that it happened, and I wasn't surprised infidelity was part of it. That's yeah. surprisingly mundane for an evangelical preacher. Yeah. And she goes on to say, you could have asked Carl what it felt like to preach purity culture to single adults and lifelong abstinence to those, quote, struggling with same-sex attraction while being unable and unwilling to temper his own sexual appetites. Well, Um, and how do you preach that to Justin Bieber? You know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You can't. He did, but yeah, exactly. And she said... And then maybe ask him for his own true and current thoughts on purity culture and LGBT affirmation. But that might have made things awkward for him to either become unpalatable to the secular world by admitting that he's a regressive homophobe or fuck up his bag in the evangelical world by admitting that he's not. Yeah. This woman goes after him and... These people, because what you were saying, whether suddenly Carl was like, you know what, I'm going to do it, and he's the get, or they're very careful when they're interviewing him because they don't want him to stop and walk off and say, no, I'm not going to do this anymore, or I'm not going to sign a release. So I feel for this person 
but I understand. Um, who knows? Who knows? I'm not apologizing for him, but. Yeah. Um, and this is the part that really was interesting um, to me. She says to the director, you didn't have to wrestle with whether or not Carl Lentz was God's representative in your life. And I think that's where the true thing is for all of us and for Hillsong. Like, people, we're groomed. If you're raised in the church, especially conservative church, you are, quote, groomed to be, to bow down to authority. Your parents, that's in the Bible, the pastor, your elders. So you're being set up for sexual abuse or to be abused by someone in power in general because you're acquiescing to those, you know, who are, quote, higher than you. Well, and, and that's so why a lot like, of you us are so rest- angry. But that's why a lot of us are so uh-huh. angry, too, because once we grow up and we see that we were just being told to shut up, you know, and, mm-hmm. and uh, not 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 have real reactions to things, that's very upsetting. The, the, some of the adults in our lives were true, true shitheads. Yeah. Yep. And you and I are fortunate that we didn't experience some of the shittiness that many of our followers have. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We just, and the bad part is we couldn't discern, not discern, but you had to follow the authority of everyone. So you can have an elder who's smart and intelligent and cool, and you're like, yeah, I do want to listen to him. And you can have a fuck-up, goofy, sketchy person, and you have to listen to them, too. Like, yeah. you lose your perspective as far as who to listen to and who not to, because, yeah. Wow. Okay, so she also said... Um, Okay, let me repeat it. You didn't have to wrestle with whether or not Carl Lentz was God's representative in your life while wondering if disagreeing with him was disagreeing with the will of God. And that's a huge one. Or to grapple with what it said about God and God's thoughts and plans for you. And payrolling one mediocre white man after another was just him doing exactly what God wanted. I don't even know what there is to fall for about Carl Lentz minus the power of God. Honestly, the fact that y'all got got by Carl in 2023 does make me feel a little better about being fooled a decade ago. We fell for Carl's (laughs) shtick at the height of his powers. Yeah. Y'all fell for, ready, the Party City Florida Man version. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's good. And she's That's like, funny. we are not the same. And she, in her essay, she put his laughy face. Um, That's funny. And as far as Laura Lentz, this is what really was interesting that I wondered too. And I'll quote this woman again. She says, when Laura Lentz said she lost everything, maybe you weren't allowed to ask her to f- define everything. Maybe you weren't allowed to ask her to define anything. It's always, quote, was she fired from her job or did she resign? And never, all caps, what was her job? What did Laura Lentz do for at Hillsong? And this is not completely rhetorical. I'd really like to know. That could have been an interesting angle. Not only did y'all breeze right on by her punching her nanny... You breeze by the fact that she had one. For what? Again, all caps, what was her job? There could have been a whole episode on the roles of women in evangelicalism and the different ways all the baked-in misogyny affects women based on their class, age, race, and marital status. You could have asked Laura what it was like to punch her nanny and then announce the next sisterhood event. Or maybe you couldn't. Maybe you were only allowed to ask her how the Houstons hurt her feelings because that was the only new information they confirmed. I love this lady. I don't know. I like her a lot. 
Okay. Well, sure, um, there's so many things they could have asked, but I'm sure they had a list of what they were allowed to talk about. And that's it. I think, same on talk shows. I mean, we hear yeah. that people say, I'll be on your talk shows, but you can't ask about my divorce. So I'm sure Carl Lentz, I mean, he was in advertising, y'all. This is so planned. I understand that this woman is mad, and she should be. I also think, again, at the same time, um, that there's she's working on a parallel. This is how things should be in a normal world. While they are TVifying, yeah, they're not doing that. Yeah, where's her essay again? Um, I will find it uh, and put it in our details. How so? Okay. Yeah. It's on some blog. Um, and she was in she was in the documentary. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So she also goes on to say, you know, the documentary ended up uh, being about him and yeah. that all the people who came forward, we were just thorns in his side. Yeah. <laughs> and that, quote, he was a good man led astray by a powerful institution. So he cast all of that and all of us aside to focus on the family. Fine. And yet, he's gone back to evangelicalism. He and Transformation Church are playing word games. He's on staff, but not in ministry. So he's a strategist. Yeah. Right. And she says, based on dot, 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 his success and evangelism, the yeah. thing that drove him to hurt the only people that matter. So now he's going to advise them on how to strategize on marriage because it can't be about evangelism. He botched that and nobody matters to him. So, and she says, what is happening? And I can totally feel her hurt where she is just like, we were sold one documentary. Yeah. And we were told we were being there for one thing and you did, you know, another. Yeah. Um, We thought this was our moment to tell the truth and what happened to normal people. Right. But all it is is a comeback tour or a, you know, some kind of reconnaissance yeah. for Carl Lentz. And I kind of think of Carl Lentz as like he's got skills. He's got marketing skills and advertising skills. And so like you put him in prison or, or like, say you put somebody in prison who's a dentist. They still know how to fill a cavity. So you may as well, like, have them go around, fill some cavities on the cheap. You know, this this church in Oklahoma is benefiting from his knowledge and probably getting him at a good discount price. That's my guess. Oh, I agree. Um, I, I don't think they should, but I absolutely agree. Yeah, and my hope for Laura is that her kids are getting old enough to where she realizes they're not going to be in the house all the time anyway. I can probably be as, an, uh, as effective of a mother without seeing them that frequently. And now I've got this job where I can get the fuck out if he, if he messes up again. Or maybe she's right. just waiting right. it out. I would love for her to have, like, strong woman story and be like, all right, Carl, the kids are out of the house. See you later. And just and she could. get I out. Mean, and I can understand what she's doing, too, because, one, she's been publicly humiliated. She's lost everything. And she lost her second parental figures, Brian and Bobby, and like everything is shitty. And I cannot imagine if your kid is in that space that's so dangerous. Yeah. She can probably, uh, even if she's doing it subconsciously, I can only hang on to one thing. I don't live near my parents in Australia. I can't pick my kids up and go back there. That would make it worse on them. 
I have one constant thing, and that's this douchebag. <laughs> right. Carl. Right. And at least he's a constant. And at least he feels so guilty. He's going out and getting a job and hustling because he knows I'm upset. Yeah. And at least he's putting a roof over my head for right now. Yeah. And I'm really just hoping she's planning her exit strategy. But, but who knows? You know what you made me think of? No. The supplements that she's into, uh-huh. the supplements are the Carl Lintz's. Of the medical world. So this whole thing, if Carl was the CEO of an organization, he's fired. He's not getting hired at other organizations because of what he did. However, because it's churches and like supplements, they're unregulated. Yeah. Yeah. And people think, you know, then it's suddenly okay, and we'll just put him, you know, in this other position to do this and that. We know. We know he's going to do a podcast. We know he's going to do a book. We Uh, know they're going to do a book together. And maybe it won't be for a lot of years because he has this way of fooling himself that he is sincere. Nobody thinks they're a bad person, though. No one thinks they're a bad guy. Well, I'm not. Um, And he, (laughs) I feel he is so sincere in thinking he's sincere. Yeah. I know everyone's following this. It's great. That he's probably thinking, there's no way I'm going to write a book. I I am not prepared to. No one should be listening to me. Maybe in 10 years. Like, he's, he's so far down Understanding but he, but he knows his no one own give a shit trueness. in ten years, so he's he's it's it's closer probably to three. You think years. it's sooner? Yeah, think it's sooner. Yeah, yeah. We'll he's, have to he's see. He's got to capitalize on you know. Yeah, all this. But, I mean, I liked it because I wanted to hear him talk. Yeah. Oh, and there was a few times he just wore a tank top, and I'm like, <laughs> here we go. Okay, stop it. Here's my problem. Even in the world of true crime or whatever. Uh, Hey, hello, we're going to interview you. Do you want to be on this show? Yes. I'm going to wear wrinkled clothes I got out of the laundry. I have other clothes I could put on. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Oh, I told you we went on this little, uh, there's a little river sort of night show here in Nashville. You're going on it. You're paying tickets. Why was the guy behind me in the buffet line wearing jorts, a long beard, <laughs> cut-off vest where his arm hair is dangling <laughs> vicariously near the vegetables? And I'm like, you're, I don't understand. I, I'm all for being comfortable. I'm, that's fine, Carl. But what is it that you know everyone's going to watch this and you wear a tank top? It's very, I think it's very interesting in his view of himself that he doesn't even understand yet of what he's portraying and what his image and how he thinks of himself and what he wants to reveal of his body. It's very telling. Uh, Although I just think there are a lot of men who think tank tops are okay. Dear men, (laughs) we allow it for gay men, especially pride (laughs) season. Um, Boys uh, under five. But again, if you're being filmed, you know you're being filmed. I just don't. There's subconscious reasons. People wear what they wear, and it was just interesting to see that. There's no way he didn't have a media team either. Somebody told him that tank top was okay. I know, (laughs) I know. I think anyone watching it, that the filmmakers, although they didn't do a great job grilling Carl Lentz, if they needed to be nicer to keep him on there, I think he revealed himself enough that people would have understood that he's not getting it whether he doesn't have the emotional depth to or he's playing a game or a combo 
he's not getting it. Yeah. It would also be refreshing for documentaries at the end to have a disclaimer. You know, there were questions we were not allowed to ask Carl. True. That's very true. I agree. Anybody would think of doing that. So that's it. That's it for Hillsong. What we have there. um, Oh, did I mention? uh, Yeah, that Brian Houston had to step down from Hillsong and that uh, he's also been accused of going in a hotel of one of the congregants when they were out of town with a group uh, when he was drunk and trying to fondle her and then um, inappropriate text messages. Forgot to add that in. Oh, well, I guess uh, we'll find out soon what his sentence is, right? Yeah, not for that, but for the other stuff. He'll probably... He'll probably be redeemed by God. I thwarted Satan. I can only do his voice in an American accent. But he does talk like that in the back of his throat. And he does it as a kiwi. Goodness. Well, thank you for that, and I will go watch it. Do it. Do it. And we love you all, and just don't go to church. You're safer. Or do what you want. Okay, thanks. Love you. Bye. (laughs) Oh, true. Adios. Bye.